Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the difference and the unique benefits of distraction versus presence. More to come on that in a moment, but first, let's settle in with the sound of the bells. So if you've been following along, you know I've been doing a series of episodes related to navigating COVID-19. It is what is most prevalent in uh, all of the world right now. And so this is, uh, I believe, the 12th episode I've done on the topic. And while all of these episodes uh, can be utilized during any time of difficulty and will have relevance to life outside of COVID-19... Um, it's definitely following a specific theme. And I, I received a message from a listener, which I obviously keep anonymous, um, asking me um, or pleading that I wouldn't talk about uh, COVID-19 and that she used the, the podcast as her opportunity to uh, escape some of these more difficult pains and some of these more difficult realities of life. And it was interesting for me to receive that because I've always thought of this podcast as something that, that brings us closer to our life. If anything, it's getting us more in touch what is with what is happening in our day-to-day life. But it did bring me into an interesting inquiry around the difference between presence and distraction. Because this podcast isn't just about presence and mindfulness. It's called Practicing Human. And to practice being human and to be human well requires a lot of different skill sets. And sometimes that skill set is distraction. That can be a useful way to navigate our life, especially difficulty and pain. So I just want to share some thoughts on that for others that might be during this period of time or any difficult period of time wondering, well, how much should I be present with this experience versus distract myself from the intensity of the experience? And I I think it's a very fair question. So let's first start by thinking of ourselves as a computer. And a very simple description of how that computer might be functioning is that it is receiving data and processing that data. Part of that processing happens through the bandwidth. Actually, I really don't understand anything about computers. But one thing I think I understand uh, is that if a computer has more bandwidth, it's able to process more data. With less bandwidth, whatever bandwidth actually is, uh, it's not able to process as much data. And it will end up slowing down, heating up. So I kind of think of bandwidth as a tube. And the, the bigger the tube, the more data that can come through, the more constricted the tube, um, the less data. And the more data trying to go through the same size tube uh, might get slowed down and might be difficult to process. I am so sorry if there are any computer scientists listening to this. I'm, I know I'm butchering it, but it doesn't even matter. I think we get the point. And one of the things that we're doing in our journey toward presence... Uh, 
living a more mindful life, being able to stay present to the fullness of our lives, we're, we're increasing our bandwidth or what m- people like Dan Siegel might say are our window of tolerance, our ability to hold a lot of data coming in without shutting down to it, without numbing, and without short-circuiting. That's something that a meditation practice can develop and other various practices that train us to work with the mind and stay present to experience. And I more or less operate with the belief that the bigger that window of tolerance, the more bandwidth we have, the more we can experience the many dimensions of our life, the highs and the lows, the twists and the turns, all of the great pleasure and also the pain, and allow these experiences to to move through us and um, make us more human and allow us to experience more of our humanness. To me, that that is a life of, of fullness, of wholeness. But there are very few people walking this planet, I don't know if there are any, that have just full bandwidth that can experience everything without getting triggered by it and and just remaining perfectly equanimous with the experience. Most of us don't. And and part of being human is that there are there's going to be some data that is very hard to process and to stay balanced with that will want to will feel a knee-jerk response to turn away from, to constrict around or to say, "Whoa, can't deal with that." And this is where it gets a little nuanced and gray in terms of how what is right and and what is wrong, we could say. Because there are times we might feel that uh, knee-jerk response to turn away from an experience, to distract ourselves from an experience. But really, we need to practice being more present to it. Like, we just know it's a habit of ours, Uh, We have an intense conversation and we shame gets triggered and we just like go into a distracting cycle on our phone or something else. That's something there. Maybe it's better to meet that emotion, to go back into the conversation, to stay present to that argument and everything that's coming up around it. However, there there are other times where uh, it is just too much to take in. And so let's just look at it in the context of COVID-19. If you're inundated with data coming in through the media, through social media, through friends texting you, and your your nervous system, your bandwidth is such that it's just creating this chronic anxiety and, and feels like too much to hold, to stay present to, then that might be an experience where it could be useful to distract yourself for a period of time, to bring your attention to something else, to a different project, to work on a puzzle, to watch TV, to zone out maybe on on Netflix, not as a full coping strategy, but just as a way to give your system an opportunity to integrate maybe some of what's already in there, or at least not have to take more data in. Now, it's not that watching Netflix is going to allow you to integrate lots of different emotions, but it will at least stop for a period of time the flow of new data coming in, which is just valuable in itself. 
in these cases, these short doses of, of uh, shutting off the data for a period of time can be useful. But specifically, if you're also giving your time to already feel and process what is present, if you're working with a lot of emotions of, of fear or anxiety or grief or sadness, to completely distract ourselves from that, the internal experience that is lingering, that can work for a certain period of time, but that stuff isn't going to go away if it's if it's deep. Eventually, that's going to have to be processed. And the way that gets processed, one of the key ways is by being present to it. And that's why, again, a meditation practice can be powerful. So we often want to work with uh, small doses of distraction when it feels too overwhelming, allow ourselves to be present with what's here so we can process and integrate some of it, and then maybe open up the the floodgates again. I don't want to put it that way. But allow ourselves to take in more data and, and practice being present to what we're experiencing. Um, if it feels like too much, we can turn our attention away, focus on something else. And in this way, we're, we're titrating experience. We're getting little doses of it, expanding our window of tolerance to hold more and more experiences without shutting down. The question could come up of why not just distract myself from all of the things negative in my life? And that, honestly, in my opinion, just depends on what form of distraction you're doing. Because focusing on something else is not necessarily a form of distraction. A person that is in a cave meditating in the Himalayas right now and has no idea what's going on with COVID-19, they're not going to come out of that experience with all of this unresolved trauma and pain and grief. They just weren't aware of what was happening. So there was no data that they were suppressing. But a person that maybe is in touch with what's going on and is feeling a lot of fear and anxiety, but is masking it with playing video games or or even reading a book or even just like trying to listen to a podcast like mine to distract yourself from that data, but it's still there beneath the surface. That's a different form of distraction. And that is going to lead to a, a numbness, um, a, a compartmentalization of your experience that allows you to only uh, feel parts of yourself or experience parts of your life, but always feel like you're holding something back. It will prevent you from being more vulnerable with a person and open because the parts of you that are connected with yourself and in touch with your true experience have had to shut down and are holding something back. So a moment of like trying to be honest with the person will, will probably require going into those parts that are covering something up and that will just feel like way too much to hold. And the more we distract ourselves from those emotions, the more we suppress and repress, the harder it gets to be honest and open and vulnerable uh, in our lives and with other people. So there are a lot of negative impacts that can come from this chronic distracting ourselves from ourselves. But as a strategy to use in doses with self-awareness, where you're acknowledging like, whoa, this is a lot for me to take in right now. I need a break. Let me (laughs) play a video game, eat a meal, do a puzzle. I like puzzles, by the way. 
um, uh, just do something else that can be useful, especially if it's done through self-awareness and with the acknowledgement that this isn't my only coping strategy. It's just something I'm using to take a break. But the better we get at staying present to more dimensions of our experience, the more we're going to grow, the more our hearts will expand, the more our compassion will deepen, the more our ability to experience joy will expand, and the more sense of wholeness we'll get to experience, which, in my opinion, is the deepest form of fulfillment. So hopefully this helps you navigate some of this and gives you new ways of thinking about the difference between distraction and presence. As you go about your day today and throughout the week, notice what your go-to is. Uh, Do you immediately retreat from difficult experiences when there's a lot of data? And if that feels skillful, notice how you're using it and you can continue to use it. If it feels more like a habit of conditioning, maybe practice staying present to the experience a little bit longer, just one or two moments longer than you might typically. Thank you for your practice. You're doing great. I'll talk to you soon. And until next time, take care.